I've got a horse that's a little stuck when I get on them. Um, you know, you can go until they go, but then you don't know what you're going to get sometimes if they have a bit of a worry or whatever. So, you, you know, my philosophy is always teach the horse to move before you ask them to move. Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. This week's podcast is all about horses that are going under saddle or getting ready to go under saddles. This is more for the for people riding and people who are about to uh, have horses that are they're, they're, they're starting, young horses that are getting ready. Um, and then we're also going to move on to a question about cantering. So this, the first question, Mark, is going to tap into your extensive knowledge about starting horses. Um, M has a four-year-old Brumby, which is a wild horse, for those of you outside of Australia. She's starting um, uh, the mare at, um, under saddle, but what's happened is she's starting to scoot away when M goes to mount her. She stands at the mountain block quietly and she's very engaged. And Em's been doing all of the riding so far um, with a bareback. So she can put 99% of her weight onto her and she'll happily stand. But as soon as she commits 100%, she scoots forward. She doesn't think that she seems worried at all. And she'll do this whether she holds the reins short or loose. The scooting has started after several weeks of no work due to weather. Have you got any suggestions for her, please? Uh, yeah, Emma, I'd, I'd go back to teaching her to move softly. Um, there's probably a few little glitchy spots there that she's still a little wary with you being down the back end and stuff like that um, that's causing that sort of bit of a freeze and then sort of when too much weight's on, she scoots a little because if she's scooting, it means that she, I think she's wary of what's behind her. Uh, she, You know, she may not be, and it could be just because she's thinking forward, but there's a reason she's not sort of centred and very calm about it. So... Uh, first, um, I, I wouldn't sort of um, don't just address it as how much weight you're putting on, and more address it as, as movement and where you're positioned. So on the mounting block, I'd just do a lot more leading around and show her what moving is about. So when I pick up a rope and move that rope, that means move, move forward, move backwards, move across, whatever, move the hind quarter over, uh, and get her so good at following that rope in the tiniest, smallest steps to sort of longer steps to walking around you on the mounting block that she's so soft at moving that when you place that rope she just stands softly with it when it's placed she moves softly with it when it moves and you're encouraging her also to move past you all the way past you and around and all the way past you and around that she's gone past you so you can be on the mounting block and you can brush her tail as she walks past on the straight line so you can kind of send her past bring her back and handle her all over with a flag all that sort of thing standing from the mounting block so she's going by coming back going by coming back um and then there's not one position that she hasn't walked past you on that she looks like she's starting to speed up or freeze or stop if there's any positions that she's freezing and saying when you get to about the sort of the the lumbar region and that flank area she she starts to go i'm walking then i'm going to freeze well you wouldn't put all your weight on her knowing that uh, if she froze in that spot, then technically when she gets too worried, she's going to move away in that spot. So basically, if you're rubbing it with your hand or the flag or anything, and as she's walking by, she should walk by right until she goes all the way past and there's not a speed up or a slow down in freeze that she's confident in. You know, So she just keeps that same rhythm all the way through and a soft eye. And then you can uh, ask her out and bring her back to the mounting block on the other eye and do the same thing that there's 
uh, even feeling and an even flow in her movement wherever you are as you're handling her as she walks past you on the mounting block. And if you do that a fair bit, you might find then start to put a bit more weight on her as she's going past, you know, poke and rock her a little with your hands, whatever, and just do little things like that just to see if you can stimulate any of that, you know, that little bit of, ooh, what was that? And find out how much of that's in there and then just kind of work on it till it sort of disappears and then and then go back to sort of, you know, putting your weight on her uh, and, and stepping over it or, you know, climbing over and things like that. I think once you've done that, you might find she'll start to kind of get a lot softer. Um, and then maybe put half your weight on her, you know, put a fair bit of lean on her and then just ask her to take a step and back up a step and do that on both sides. Uh, so she's taking a step with half weight uh, and then and then slowly increase it till, you know, you can get on her. And I reckon once you sort of work out both those eyes, get them moving, then things will get a lot easier and, and you might get her back into that spot where you can put all your weight on her and she'll be fine. Also look at, ah, yeah, so also look at, you know, if there's anything... If there's a point where she destinates, you know, and that's where you go, actually, right there, she destinates. So she's obviously worried and she's thinking forward. So she's, if she's, a, she's starting to get in the habit of gazing or anything like that, then you go, well, let go of that gaze, come back to me or come back to here. Um, and, and, and teach her to let go of the gaze uh, if there's any gazy points where she's gazing off and don't have a gazy when, when you're trying to do these lessons. Have her so she's, you know, fairly present and centred. So short little short little lessons and get it get it with you and uh, get her to move with your weight. Okay. So uh, the next question follows on from this. It's from Sarah, and uh, she's been to a couple of your recent clinics up in Queensland, and you were helping Sarah to start this and illusion mare. They've got to sitting her. You, I think you were sitting on her for the first time at the Murrayborough Clinic. So Sarah's got home and she's finding it's easy, good to mount on the ground from you know onto her but she's not able to get her to go forward and search she's also a little bit aggressive towards her legs so she's not using her legs if she opens the rein to lead her off then she just bends her head and tries to bite her in the leg or the foot sometimes a cluck will work but only for a few steps and then she'll stop again so she's just wondering about this encouraging her to walk off freely what's happening i think you can offer some light on that better better, better leading in the reins will help a lot um so the things that you can do like if i've got a horse that's a little stuck when i get on them um you know you can go until they go but then you don't know what you're going to get sometimes if they have a bit of a worry or whatever so you you know my philosophy is always teach the horse to move before you ask them to move now technically she knows how to move through the feel of a lead rope because you've taught her to lead on the ground you've got all these leading lessons that you're teaching your horses all the time so technically they know how to move their feet and thoughts into a lead rope. Uh, it's just they get a little stuck when you're on them. Um, and if you've done a lot of belly rope lessons and got them to move off a hand and things like that, where you've done a lot of lessons of getting them to move off your leg, which you can do on the ground as well. Um, but they get a little stuck looking at you. And so basically, doesn't if she's biting your leg and stuff like that, um, you just got to hold the rein in a different way. But firstly, if it's don't think about getting her to move forward just try and get her to think about moving um you know you don't need to get them to go forward but you can get them to step back so sometimes like on those horses that are bending around not sure about going forward i just pick up on two reins until they take a backward step and then i just pick up on two reins until they take a backward step and i might do that 10 or 15 times 
and they don't have to go back a long way. They've just got to release that freeze and just move a little bit until when you pick up on the reins, they think about moving. They think about moving. Um, and then and then they're not just stuck going, I don't know what to do. Um, so at least you've got some sort of desire and movement through those reins. And then, then you might go to holding a left or right rein. So when you hold a left or right rein, if she bends all the way around to your boot and she's trying to nip at your leg and stuff like that, well, just hold the rein closer to her jaw for a second and just lift it straight up and, and make that a little bit undesirable for her to say that's not available. And then she might release off that a bit and then you might hold it again. But sometimes you might hold a lift in the rein until she just, you know, and keep the pressure on her until she kind of just rebalances a little bit. Uh, so, so when she heads around, if you lift up, she's going to go, oh, and she's going to have to lift up into that rein a bit. And then she's going to get a little, like, I've got to be careful you don't just pull them right over, but you just pull up so they go, oh, that's not working. And then they try and shift their feet a little bit and they and you just reward them for shifting their feet. And then you do that again until they start to get a little desire when you pick up on that rein and then you can start to open and lead them out. Um, but you're just trying to say to them that, that, that standing still is not available and um, bending around and biting my boot or whatever is not available. And then they'll stop hunting that and they'll try something different. Um, the other thing is before you get on, just before you get on, uh, you do that lesson that I may have shown you or you've seen at the clinic where you pick up underneath their chin, you get them to lift and just float out a bit and uh, then you change the angle of that rein till when you pick up on the rein they lift and, and, and move around and lift and move around and then it's, if you've been doing that nice and quietly around you quite a few times then just step in the stirrup and just continue that and go I'm going to just get you to lift around and come around that rein. So you've sort of prepared them for that lifting and following and while and you're kind of striking while the iron's hot um, instead of sort of you know getting them doing some other stuff and then getting on and saying steer you've, you've done some really light lifting steering lessons and leading lessons and then step straight on while they're, while they're in that sort of mindset. I remember watching you with so so many horses that you were starting um, you know in our, in our early days um, you know when we had the young young kids and before kids um, starting was what Mark mostly did and, um, you know, well over a thousand horses watching him sort of get on the backs for the first time. And those first rides, you know, and he'd be sitting there shifting, 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 always twitching your legs, never sitting still, so that you always a little bit of movement on the saddle. And I remember one particular horse, just because we'd go backwards, would not go forwards for, for quite a few rides and eventually... We watched him and he, yeah, for, um, one day he just, he took a forward step and it was like, yes, fantastic. That's the right direction. <laughs> but he was just new black back. That's all he knew for the first time. Those, those, and many horses, it was just a couple of steps and that'll do. You know, you've done well. There was no, you know, these things can take a long time and it's a big deal, isn't it? To take a step with weight on your back. And some horses just really need to think about it. It's a very tentative moment for them. You don't want to be putting any more pressure on them if they're not ready for it. They'll, I mean, they'll, they're not moving for a reason. They're just not confident, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. And, and the horses kind of wonder. They go, what are you doing up there? And they think on you and they're like, I'm not sure. And, you know, the horses that, you know, the the ones that I used to ride that were sort of would focus on me more on the ground than the ones that had really strong focus and stuff like that, they'd struggle the most under saddle uh, because they were sort of, look, all their thoughts were on you. So no, like, you? well, while I'm thinking on you, I can't go anywhere. So, so um, yeah. So they're those ones you, you had to encourage them, and that's what got me to really encouraging horses to think forward and, and, and you know, let go of me a bit more so they could sort of 
have that confidence to go forward under saddle and and that's all they are like a horse only ever goes towards its thoughts like just recently um well my, my last clinic in queensland actually um there's the little um spanish mustang that that i that i've been helping the one that you the, the, the chase trainers out of yards and stuff like that and um she's going real nice under saddle and the the, the, the lady's done really well with her um but there was times there that she she wouldn't go forwards because uh, we were teaching her to be a bit more responsive to the legs because so, she'd done a lot of rain work and she could always get her to go anywhere she want with the reins but sometimes with the legs she'd sort of suck back and I said don't worry about going forward I said the only reason she's going backwards is because she's thinking backwards all your legs need to do is create some movement and doesn't matter don't don't kick harder to say go forwards while she's going backwards just say thank you thank you and every time she backed up to the legs she'd get a reward because it was movement and then when the when she took the left rein or something when the horse was moving the horse would think left and forward and then after a few goes the horse said oh legs mean move and i said all you've got us to is direct her thoughts so then when she knew how to direct her thoughts with the rein soon enough if her thoughts were forward she could add leg and the horse would go faster in forward but um the horse was only moving towards the thoughts and so and that's what we've got to think about so that's why we use a lot of reins when we help young horses go forward because that directs their thoughts and the legs create a an impulsion that helps the horse go towards their thoughts and if the thoughts are backwards they're going to walk backwards if the forwards are going to go forwards any directions okay in those first rides <laughs> yeah um, good luck uh, sarah it's just yeah it's exciting when you when you start these rides for the first time so the final question for this week um, is from Carolyn, and she is wondering what is the best way to teach a horse the canter aid? She can get a canter by increasing the trot speed, and sometimes when she uses the aid of an outside leg back, but she wants to refine the, re refine the response so that they understand and can respond to that aid. Yeah. Um, the funny thing about the canter aid is uh, in the training the horses to just step up into a soft canter i don't uh, have a different canter aid versus a yeah leg aid or you know sometimes it's quite common when we uh when we're going from into a canter we, we sort of sit in a certain way to get the horse to find a canter lead by putting the outside leg back and opening the inside leg in a certain way and um i don't worry about that too much when i when i'm sort of getting horses to learn how to step into canter um because horses know the the very the different amounts of feel we apply and they so so um if if anyone's struggling with a horse finding canter is worried about the legs then letting a horse fall from trot to canter for a couple of times is not going to be the end of the world uh it's going to help the horse maybe find a canter so at least they know it's confident in the canter and it's found the canter before you get them to step into canter through leg aid but if you always fell from trot to canter then the horse is just going to fall into a canter and you know just think trotting means eventually i'm going to canter and i don't want a horse to just like speed up all the time and just fall into the next gate i want to be able to ask it into that next gate so yeah for a few rides it's okay to let them fall in to get them confident but then after a while yeah you want that canter aid and you want them responsible at, at following the or, or responsive to the legs uh at following the legs up so so what i what i basically do is i work on acceleration and, and and try and figure out how well my horse understands the legs uh, so if i apply a little bit of pressure i know what the horse is going to give because the horse knows what it's going to give the horse knows the answer to the question and a lot of times we ask for canter and we haven't done enough 
acceleration lessens to the legs. So the horse is still always a bit vague, unsure. Uh, so we've got to apply a lot of pressure to get a little response. And that's not what we want. So we want to apply just the right amount of pressure for just the right response. And so what you do is you, you, you get your horse to sort of, you know, first I might bump my legs a little bit when I bump, 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 wake up, bump, 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 wake up. And the horse goes, oh, you've got legs. And then from there, when the horse is aware of my legs and feels like it's carrying some impulsion, I might say, now, I'm going to slow you right down into a super slow walk and I'm going to get you to speed up a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. And I want to squeeze. And if I'm not happy with that response, I'm going to have to say, no, bump up, wake up. Now, follow that again um, until I can put a little bit of feel on the horse and the horse follows the amount of feel that I'm asking and I'm getting the, the response that's correct. So there's a lot of transition in the walk and coming back from the walk. And then uh, what I might do is I might test my, my the, the understanding of feel and I might go from a slow walk and I might say, okay, I'm going to put this much pressure on with my legs and the horse, and I kind of know by the, the response of the horse that this much pressure with my legs from a slow walk is going to get me to a fast trot in in just a second. Uh, or two seconds or three seconds, depending on how much pressure I put on with my legs. So then you test it. You go, okay, I'm going to add this much pressure uh, with my legs and you get a fast trot. And then you go, okay, I'm going to try that again till it's the, to the amount of pressure that feels good and I'm comfortable with and the horse is soft with to go from a slow walk to a fast trot. And then when you're going, oh, this horse is going really good at going from a slow walk to a fast trot with this much squeeze, then I might say, okay, if I ask that much squeeze from a medium walk, it's going to go to a canter because from a slow walk, that much squeeze got it to, you know, uh, it got it to a fast trot. Well, from a fast walk, it might get the horse straight to canter. So then you might get a, a reasonably fast walk to canter transition. And that's really good. So um, then you just figure out how much pressure you need to get from a slow walk to a canner or a jog to canner and things like that. And usually if the horse is supple to the legs, it's not like you've got to kick them a lot to get them going because they're actually responsive. So you just work out how much pressure you need to get them to canner by working on lots of acceleration in the walk and then testing that acceleration from different speeds in walk to different speeds in trot. And you just work out where you need to be in that spectrum to say, let's get to canner from this speed. Uh, so it's you learning accelerator by teaching the horse accelerator and then you figuring out how much you need to mix there to get the canner. Um, and usually they get the canner pretty easy if, if you've worked on it. But a lot of people, I think they, they go out and go, I'm going to add more leg and a stick to get the canner, but they haven't spent a week get that horse to really truly understand how much pressure and how to really understand those legs. Uh, so it's just teaching the horse the legs over and over and over till you guys both agree on the same thing and then you can just get the canner and you know the exact amount of pressure the horse responds to it. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Mark. We better leave it there. Um, I know you're, you're busy rushing around Europe at the moment. You've got a flight to get. So um, enjoy the rest of the time um, in that in Europe. And I think the next time we talk to you, you'll be back in the land of Australia. So uh, travel safe. And thank you very much. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks, everybody. You can learn more from Mark and his approach online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. 
Join hundreds of others around the world making real progress, fixing problems and improving their relationship with their horses. There are now over 500 training videos. Make use of the seven-day free trial and take a look. Membership is just $15 a month and you get to ask Mark a question.